All right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see y'all. How you doing this morning? Good. It is. It's good to see you, and we want to thank you for being here today. Happy 4th of July to everybody. So, uh, anybody thankful that we can celebrate freedom on the 4th of July? Amen. 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 Today, we're going to talk about the joy of uh, freedom, and uh, we're keeping with our series uh, the questions that Jesus asked. I think, um, now this isn't in the, in the scriptures, you know, but I, I think if Jesus was walking on the face of the earth today, one of the questions that he'd be looking around and going is, and you know, we, we know that he asked, hey, where's the faith and why are you of little faith? I think Jesus would look around and he would say, where's the joy? Well, where, where's all the joy? Well, I, I mean, I, I think about, uh, of all of the people on the f- planet earth, God's people should be a, a people of joy, Amen. We've got a lot to be joyful about, a lot to be thankful for. And so um, I just want to encourage you and I today to just step into the fullness of, um, of the joy that God has for us. So last week, we started into this topic of joy. We were talking about kind of the joy of the Father. And uh, we described joy, relationally speaking, we describe joy, relationally speaking, as someone who is glad to be with me, someone who I'm, we're glad to be in their presence. We Remember, if you were here last week, you remember this, that being the sparkle in someone's eye, and uh, I just saw that speaking of sparkle, and uh, unfortunately you at home may not get to see this, but uh, um, we have uh, Cliff and Tracy who have an extra special sparkle this morning. Uh, let's uh, Congratulate our newly engaged uh, couple here this morning. Congratulations. Hold up the sparkle there, a little sparkle in everybody's eye. All right. And so we congratulate them. But, um, but that's where abiding joy comes from. Uh, uh, it comes from knowing that we who were once enemies with God are now at peace with him. We're his friends. We're his sons and his daughters. And um, he delights to see us. He enjoys our presence. And because he delights in us, then we can delight in other people. So what I want you to do real quick this morning is just turn to somebody beside you. Take just a couple of seconds. Look into their eyes. All right, go ahead. Turn and look at the person beside you. Look into their eyes. Look into their eyes and go ahead and just tell them, I am glad you're here this morning. All right, come on. There's people. I don't, I see people by themselves. Just look over there. All right, tell them, let them know you're glad that you're here this morning. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. Pastor Chris, Lisa, we're glad you're here. Okay, welcome. Glad you're here today makes our life better, makes our life better. And uh, I really do. I pray that this week, as you've gone through your week, that you have sensed and you've felt the joy of God's face shining upon you because he loves you and because he's happy with you and he delights to, uh, to be in your presence. Today, we're gonna go a little step further here. And, and honestly, if you've been engaging with worship and even as Pastor Chris was uh, doing the transition time there, the ministry time, God's speaking something to us today that I believe he wants to do more than speak. He wants to impart into our lives. You see, a biblical definition of joy is this, it says it's the presence of inner contentment and satisfaction because that we know, because we know that God is with us and will use the experiences, his experiences to accomplish his work in and through our lives. 
So because of that, because God is with us, because he's working in and through our lives, then uh, he, we can respond to all of life's circumstances by choosing to remain at peace, to be thankful, and to experience joy. Amen? And I hope that's how you've, uh, you're living and how we've, uh, you're living today. So uh, just a couple of reminders from last week. Number one is God is a God of joy. You remember that? God is a God of joy. Psalms chapter 16 puts it like this. It says, I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My hope, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you, not, you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures anymore. I want to I reiterate that if your picture of God is some mean, angry, upset God, you got the wrong picture of God. That's not the God of the Bible. It's not, it's not the God that we have a personal relationship with. He is a God who, that in his presence, there's fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. He, um, he loves you. He delights in you. The second thing we talked about was that his kingdom, not only is God a God of joy, but his kingdom is a kingdom of joy. You probably know this scripture in Romans chapter 14. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And we said that there's some scribal area there, or error there, right? That the kingdom of God is going to have some eating and drinking, but it's not all about eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad we're part of a kingdom of joy? Now look, I know there's work and I know there's warfare and I know there's all kinds of stuff going on, but can I tell you, everything that we're doing, the, one of the underlying currents of it is that we get to do it because God's presence is with us and working through us and what a joy that is. That means then the final thing is, if God is a God of joy, his kingdom's a kingdom of joy, then we, his people, are a people of joy. Jesus said in John 15, 11, he said, these things I've spoken that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. God wants his people full of joy. He wants us filled and overflowing with joy. You know why? So that every time somebody bumps into us, we spill a little joy on them and stuff and all this other stuff that's getting spilled on them, right? Well, man, wouldn't that change our world if there was a lot more joy instead of anger and, and hatred and, right, and division? Man, that there was just the presence of joy. And I've got to tell you, one of the things, one of my favorite scriptures in life is, uh, comes from Isaiah chapter 61. And in this section of scripture, we're reminded that this has always been a part of God's plan for his people. He says this. He says, instead of your shame, anybody ever had any shame in their life? Man, it tries to jump on us all the time, doesn't it? Things we do, things we don't do, things we say, things we don't say, things we shouldn't have said. Oh, man, there's this shame. And can I tell you, God's plan for your life and for my life is to have that shame would have no influence. Instead, he says, instead of, a, uh, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Okay, and he's talking about joy he said, here. He says, instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. He goes, therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. God's intention for his people is that we would have a double portion of joy, everlasting joy, overflowing joy. So the question is, if God gives us this joy, and he does, right, then what do we do with it? 
What, what does it mean that we have this joy in our lives? I think Jesus answers this question in Luke chapter 15. He tells a story. He says, now the tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. Uh, you ever want to know if you're a scribe or a Pharisee, somebody's wrapped up in bondage and legalism? Do you grumble a lot, right? Okay. Uh, and they were grumbling, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. So he, Jesus, told them this parable. He said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he, found, until he finds it? And when he has found it, I love this, I underline this in my notes, he lays it on his shoulders. Any, anybody here ever, were you ever a lost sheep? <laughs> were you ever a lost sheep? I don't know about you, sometimes I think we get this picture that we ran to the Lord and we had to drag, you know, get to, can I tell you, the whole time we were lost, the whole time you were lost, Jesus was looking for you. He was hunting for you. And when he found you, stretched out his arms and he laid you on his shoulders. It says, and then he laid you on the shoulders rejoicing, rejoicing. We know that he suffered. We know that he paid a price. We know that it, it was difficult, but he rejoiced. He rejoiced to be able to bring salvation to you and to me. And it says this when he comes home, verse six, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me. For I've found my sheep that was lost. Rejoice with me. And then it goes on and it says, Jesus says, I want to tell you this, that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous who need no repentance. You know what the scripture tells us? It says that every time one of those lost sheep is found, that there's a party in heaven, that there's rejoicing that goes on. Anybody, you know what? We need to rejoice when we look around and see that there are people saved and there are people getting saved week in and week out. And, and when we think about reaching out to the lost, we don't have to, it's not some burden, something. We rejoice in that we get to help bring a party to heaven and we get to be a part of that. Uh, we get to be a part of that party. So we rejoice. We're people who rejoice. Here's just a few things I made note of about rejoicing. In Jesus, we rejoice. We rejoice because we're, we're free from guilt and condemnation and from the sinner's judgment that's to come. Anybody rejoice over that? Amen. We, we rejoice because we are free from the curse of the sin, a curse of sin and the law. We rejoice because we're free from the bondage of shame. We rejoice because we're free from the influence of fear. And if you're taking notes, I would circle that word. We're going to come back to it. The Lord's already been putting his finger on it all service today. We rejoice because we're free from the control of the devil. Somebody needs to say amen, right? We are free, okay? The only authority, somebody said it earlier today, the only authority the devil has in his lives is the authority that we abdicate or that we let him have. We are free. We rejoice because we're free from the wages of sin. We're free from death. That's something to shout about this morning, amen? We are free from the torment of hell. So we rejoice not only from the things that we're free from, we rejoice in the things that we're free to be, the things we're free to do, right? So we're free to be a new creation in Jesus Christ. So we rejoice. Amen? We're free to experience new life. We rejoice. We are free to rejoice. Amen? We are free to do that. Okay? We can do it. We are free to live and to walk in the spirit. 
We're free to grow in the character and the conduct of Jesus here on earth. We are free uh, to be who God has created us to be. We're free to live the life that he created us to live. We're free to love and to serve and to give our lives for Jesus. For that, we can rejoice today. Amen? So we are free. We're free to share love. We're free to share joy, peace, and we're free to share the victorious life with every one of our brothers and sisters. We are free. You know what? And we're free for all of this because Jesus came and he freely gave his life for each and for every one of us. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 says this. It says, in this, you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while, if be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, of, uh, to praise honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Anybody ever gone through any stuff? How many people have gone through some stuff this week, right? Can I tell you that, that there's no pain without purpose? And part of that purpose is that God is working in our lives to bring praise and honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And he says this, he says, you have not seen him, but you love him. Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, joy inexpressible, because he has saved us. Are there any people in here today who have experienced the life, the death, the resurrection, the saving power of Jesus Christ in your life? Amen? Amen. Then what we want to do is we want to be, well, then let's rejoice for it. How about if we just take a moment and let's give him a hand clap of praise for the work that he's done in our lives. God, we thank you. God, I do. I thank you for saving me, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for it. And so what we want to do right now, a little unusual here, but we're going to do this. We're going to take time during this message to celebrate communion. Amen. Everybody got your communion cups with you this morning? Okay. Anybody does not have a communion cup, please lift your hand and our amazing serving team, our ushers are ready. Okay. We've got a few people up here. Okay. All right. If you would good, go ahead and open your communion there. Okay, get the, the little wafer, get the bread there in the body. Hey, we celebrate, we cel and I know it's a, sometimes we're very quiet and we're very demure and we're very humble and, and we are, and, and it's a very reverent thing, but can I tell you, when we think about the fact that Jesus gave his body so that he would, could take upon himself when they poured, pulled the beard out of his face, he was bearing shame so that we would never have to have shame influence him on our life. He took stripes upon his back for our healing. He, he, he bore all of the things that he bore so that we could experience, as we talked about earlier, deliverance. Deliverance from anything and from everything that would try to bind us. So when we think about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want us to celebrate. I want us to say, Jesus, we thank you. Come on, let's do it. Jesus, you might want to just hold your bread up there and say, Jesus, we thank you. We can't thank you enough for everything that you did when you came to earth and lived a sinless, perfect life so that we could have freedom in our lives. 
that you gave your life. Nobody took your life away. You gave it so that we could receive everything that we needed in our lives, so that we could receive peace in our lives because you're the prince of peace. We could receive healing in our lives because you are the healer. We could receive, God, just a, just, just absolute uh, confidence in every area of our life because you are victorious. So Jesus, today we celebrate who you are, all that you've done as we receive this bread. We do it in your name. Let's receive the bread together, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! God, right now, just release healing into people's lives. Release freedom. Let's do it right now. Peace. God, just peace. An impartation of peace right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the same way this morning, we're going to celebrate the cup, which is the, represents the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us without the shedding of the blood, there's no remission for sins. But because he has shed his blood, his sinless, perfect blood, every sin ever committed, every one of your sins, every one of my sins, every sin that uh, we will ever commit, okay, that Jesus has paid the price for by his blood. He paid that price. And now, now this blood flows in us. His life-giving presence flows in us by his spirit. And so we celebrate today. Come on, church, do we? We celebrate today that Jesus loved us so much that he poured out his blood for us. So Jesus, we do. We celebrate you today. Oh, we celebrate you that as you poured out your life-giving blood, you poured life into each and every one of us. You poured victorious life into us. You poured overcoming life into us. You poured, uh, God, life into us, eternal life into us. And so we receive, we receive all that you are. We receive the forgiveness for our sins. We receive being made new creations in Christ Jesus. We receive power and authority in and through your presence, Holy Spirit in our lives. We celebrate. We celebrate your death and your resurrection as we receive this cup today. In Jesus' name, let's receive the cup together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just lift our hands. This God, we worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. We say we celebrate you, God, today. Jesus, we celebrate you. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate all that you've done for us. God, all that you've given us, all that you've poured into us, we rejoice today. We rejoice today in Jesus' name. Let's give him one more big hand clap of praise today. Jesus, we do. We worship you. We celebrate you. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate the great peace and the great love and the great joy that you pour into our lives. Hallelujah. Anybody glad for that this morning? Anybody glad for that? Amen. Amen. So uh, we want to continue to be people who walk in this life and in this love and in this joy that God gives us. At the same time, we want to remember that there are things that will try to steal this joy from us. There's anybody, we've got, there's some joy stealers that, that, that try to try to influence and impact of our lives. And I just want to mention a couple of these things um, this morning. Uh, the, the first thing is, um, I know this is not something we talk about in church anymore, but can I tell you, sin is not your friend. 
Amen? Sin is just not our friend. It, it, it will destroy, it tries to destroy our lives. In John 8, 34, Jesus spoke and he said this, he, Jesus answered and he said, most assuredly I say to you that whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Uh, you know, we, we, Jesus wants us free. Jesus wants us to be people who can live free and celebrate and experience all of his blessings in our lives. Amen? All right? So the scripture goes on in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says this. It says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? He said, well, God's saying before us, and he's always done this in front of his people, Old Testament, New Testament. He said, hey, you get to choose, okay? Why choose the bondage of sin when we can have the freedom of righteousness, the freedom of life in Jesus Christ? So we rejoice in this freedom that he gives us. Second Peter goes on, and it puts it like this, and Jesus was, um, uh, Peter was talking to the church there, and he's He's talking to some people, um, as he's talking to the church, he's saying, hey, listen, there have been some people that have come in and they've tried to release some false teaching into your lives. And the purpose of this false teaching is to bring you into slavery and bondage. And so Peter says this, he says, while they promise you liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. Okay? Do you know the enemy's trying to bring you into bondage? Trying to bring you into bondage by getting you to walk into a life of sin or selfishness or, right? Trying to give you into bondage by having wrong beliefs in your life. But he says this, he says, For if after they escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ... And they become entangled in them again and overcome. The last state has become, uh, the last state has become worse than the first. And uh, what Jesus is saying here, he says, I don't, I don't want you to have to experience that. I don't want that to have to be a part uh, uh, of your life. Uh, I, I know that right now that there's a focus in many churches about not going into. Uh, legalism and not getting into works. And, and man, we all praise God and we rejoice because of the grace that God gives us. But, but the answer to not going into legalism or not going into works, um, the answer is not uh, going into the other, the other ditch of uh, just living a life of license and doing anything we want. Or, or lawlessness and saying, I'm control of my own life. Okay? That, that, that's not, or laziness, just doing nothing. Right? <laughs> That, that's not the answer. The answer is what? It's living our lives under the loving lordship of Jesus Christ and fulfilling his purposes in every area of our lives. Amen? Amen. And let me just say this. If grace is not leading us to a place of victory, okay, it's not grace. If grace is not just leading us to a place of overcoming those things which try to lead us into bondage, overcoming those perpetual patterns in our lives, just enabling us to go from one fall to the next fall, it's not grace, guys. It really isn't because grace leads us to victory. If it's not grace, it's, if it's not grace that's transforming our lives into the victorious image of Jesus Christ, then it's not grace, okay? It's self, it's works, it's, it's flesh, okay? 
Because the grace of Jesus Christ will produce the character and the conduct of Jesus in our lives, in every area of our lives. Can we rejoice about that this morning? Amen? Okay, I don't want that to be too heavy. I don't want that to be too difficult on our, in our lives. But I'm telling you, God wants us to rejoice and that we don't have to yield to every wrong teaching, wrong belief, and sinful desire in our lives. Amen? He makes us to be overcomers in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So the second thing I want to talk about here, uh, this will probably be a huge surprise to you today. Did you read my notes before our service this morning? You didn't read my notes? Okay. Is fear... Uh, is fear about finances. <laughs> now, the Bible says uh, to, to pay special attention when God's uh, giving a witness to something because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, he will establish something. So I want everybody to pay attention this morning, all right? If you're online this morning, I want you to hear this. God's speaking to you, okay? He put it on Pastor Chris's heart that there was a fear, about, uh, that there was an issue concerning fear about finances, Brother Eric can tell you early last week, I submitted my notes. These notes are right here about a fear about finances. And so um, I believe that this is a huge issue. And, and hear this, it's not just a huge issue for, for retirees. I, you know, I hear some of my retiring buddies and friends talking about what the stock market did and how you lost uh, 30% and how we, you know, all kinds of things that are going on and met with a financial guy this week and, oh man, get out and save and be conservative. Man, you get, it's going to get worse. And, and, and I don't know, I'm not prognosticating about what will take place, but can I tell you this? The, if, the, if fear is trying to grab hold of your life because of finances, it's not God seeking to work in your life. That's not the voice of God. That's not how he works. And it's not just, adult, uh, it's not just adults. It's not just people that are, are having to pay for the gas. It's not just people that are paying extra. It's also, it's also people that have to pay for school bills and rent and apartments. That How are we going to make it? And the enemy comes in to try to bring... Okay, to try to bring us into bondage. Proverbs puts it like this in Proverbs 22, 7. It says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. The enemy wants us in debt. The, the enemy wants us in debt. He wants us in debt to, to the control of the government. He wants us in debt to the control of fear. He wants us in debt to just financial debt so that we can't be free to live the life that God's intended for his people to live. Years ago, a friend of mine uh, up in Delaware, Mark Allen, um, was in a church, a business meeting, and they were having a discussion about uh, borrowing some money and building a building like we're going to be doing here uh, this year, but uh, we're not going to borrow a whole lot because we got people who like, love to give a whole lot. I said, we're not going to borrow a whole lot because we got people who love to give, right? We love to, okay, all right, we love to give a whole lot. Lord, forgive that manipulation right there in the name of Jesus. So, um, but, <clears throat> but, um, but Mark, uh, they were asking, they said, well, what, what does debt and, and do to our lives? And, and Mark made a statement. He was telling me about the meeting. Mark made a statement that, that has stuck with me for years and years and years. He said, I can't speak to the bondage of debt, but I can tell you about the freedom of being debt-free. Early in his life, he made an amazing uh, commitment. His uh, grandfather gave him some swamp land, and he uh, spent, just worked diligently and actually cut down trees and built a log cabin. He made a, de a decision to never go into debt. 
And by the grace of God, 50 years later, he has never done that. And he said, I still, we talked to him a couple years ago. He said, I, I still, it's just been amazing to live that type of life. Can I tell you, God wants his people to be free. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about just so that we don't have bills to pay. We'll always have bills to pay, okay? But, but God wants us free to live in his economy. Uh, God, God, it's a great goal to be debt-free. It really is. But it's a greater goal to live in the economy of God and for God to be our source and God to be our supply, no matter what the economic situation of the world is. Amen? And God wants us to be free so that we're not so concerned about taking care of ourselves and meeting our own needs that we can't look out and care for the needs of others. Amen? That's what he's called us to. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. It says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in deed, or in word in tongue, but let us love in deed and in truth. Let us love in indeed in truth. And I'm telling you, one of the great, look at me, one of the great opportunities God is raising up for the people of God and for his church is to see people in need and to be able to step into that need and help them in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hey, what you did by giving all the food, and don't stop. Keep giving the food. Keep bringing the food. There's more people. But, but many, many people were ministered to because of your generosity. And that's a fabulous thing. So financial freedom is being free to help other people. See, financial freedom is not having everything that I want or even having everything I need right at this very moment. Financial freedom is having God as my source and God as my provider. Yeah. Amen? It, it really is. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll just reiterate it, okay? Beginning of verse 5, it says, this, this, is what I thought was, this is why I thought it was necessary to encourage the brothers uh, ahead of time and arrange in advance the generous gift you'd already promised to give. Let me tell you what's going on. The church at Corinth had heard about the needs of uh, the church in Jerusalem, okay? And so um, they had said, hey, we're going to give a gift to help out uh, those that are in need. And they had already begun, they'd started taking up uh, the gift, and then some things, they got distracted. Anybody here ever got distracted from anything, right? We, yeah, we get distracted. So, so Paul's writing to them to just help them to kind of get back on track. And so he says this, he says, listen, I want it to be a real gift from you. I don't want you to feel like you're being forced to give anything. And, and let me say, don't ever feel forced to give if you ever hear that or feel that uh, from anybody, and especially from here at this church, you, you, that's, that's not our hearts. We don't ever want anybody to feel forced to give anything, okay? Because we're not asking something for, from you. We're asking something for you. And Paul goes on, he says this. This is what I mean. The one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. The one who sows generous amounts of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. In my notes, I wrote, they shouldn't give because of sob stories. Amen? 
I, I mean, I, I thank the Lord for the opportunities that we have to have missionaries and come and put pictures of, of children. And we are. You are ministering to children literally around the world in different places. That's great. But that's not why you give, not just because of the children's need. Why? You give because God has given us the opportunity. He supplied it with us so we can supply others. We don't give out of hesitation. We give because there's been a decision made in our hearts. Giving, even though it's a financial act, it's a heart issue. Amen? So, God loves a cheerful, hilarious giver. God has, given, God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. Hallelujah. Anybody want something to, want something to rejoice about? God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way you will have everything you need always in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, he scattered everywhere. He gave to the needy. His righteousness remains forever. Listen to this. The one who supplies. Who's the one who supplies? God. Uh, Newsflash here. The one who supplies. If God hadn't given, you wouldn't have anything. If God hadn't given, I wouldn't have, amen? It all comes from the Lord, amen? Anybody going to lunch today? Anybody going to have lunch today? You liars, you're gonna have, everybody's going to go have lunch, right? Everybody's going to go have lunch. We're going to go have lunch. Yvette said, hey, let's go have a salad. I said, yeah, I want a hamburger. So that's right, you know, um, right? We're gonna, but you know what? Can I tell you where that supply comes from? It comes from God. It comes from God. The one who supplies seed for the planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed. He will increase your crop, which is righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Woo! Rejoice to be generous. You don't sound like you're very happy to be generous. Can I tell you, the only reason we're here is because Jesus was generous with us when he gave his life. Amen? We want to be people who are generous. Now listen, zero in with me here on this. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. Your ministry of this service of giving to God's people isn't only to meet their needs, but it's also multiplying many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Can I tell you this morning, okay, I received a note from uh, Pastor Ratna over in uh, India, and today they're having, an, they've had, already had their amazing church services, three of them, okay, and, and you know what? They rejoice, but you know, part of the reason why they could do what they do is because you gave, and can I tell you, it blesses my heart to know that today they gave thanksgiving to God because of what we were able to sow, what we were able to share. Amen? And you know what else? It brings a whole lot of rejoicing in my life to know that we're on their prayer list because they pray. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Multiplying expressions of thanksgiving to God. They will give honor to God for your obedience to your confession of Christ's gospel. They will do this because this service of giving provides evidence of your obedience. And because of your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone, they will pray for you. How many people need other people praying for them? I want people praying for me. Some of y'all don't need y'all don't need prayer. Nobody over here needs prayer. You're sitting on the wrong side. Sit over on this side of the church. Okay, they don't need. How many people need prayer? Want people praying for them? Man, we all want people praying for us. Amen. 
and they will pray for you, and they will deeply care for you because of this outstanding grace of giving that God has given you. Thank God for his gift that words can't describe. Thank God. And I just want to put a little bow on this by saying, again, like Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17, not that I seek the gift. We're not seeking something from you. We're not trying to get you to give extra offerings right now. We're not trying to, okay? That's not the purpose, okay? But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. For I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And listen to this. This is how we want you to live. This is how Pastor Chris, this is how myself, we want to see, this is the reality, the truth of what we want to see God doing in your life, is that God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God is your supply. Amen? Go ahead, give him praise for that. So to our God and our Father be glory and honor forever and forever. Forever and forever. And so I want to pull in on this one more time just as we close our service this morning. I do believe that the Lord spoke to Pastor Chris and he spoke to me earlier in the week that there are people that, that struggle. Every now and then it jumps on me. I go, oh my goodness, what, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to do that? Getting ready to build the building and interest rates have gone up, what, 3%? And that's going to mean X, I was figuring out X amount of dollars and stuff like this. Can I tell you though, that we can put our confidence in God, that God is our source and God is our supply. And God, just like God wants us free from the influence of sin and he wants us free from the bondage uh, of shame and he wants us free, God, from the curse of of the law of sin and death. God wants us free from the influence of the fear about finances in our lives. Amen? Amen. Now, I, I know today, just by numbers, that there are people that are here that are probably dealing with financial issues, uh, that you, you've had some fear, or there's been some type of thing that comes along. And can I tell you, sometimes it is. It's just the course of the world, all right? We're living in this world. The gas prices have gone up. Interest rates have gone up. Prices of supplies have gone up. But then there's times also when the enemy will specifically try to attack your finances, The enemy will cause everything you have to break down, tear up, mess up, right? (laughs) We'll try to do that. But can I tell you, our God is able to supply every need. But it's a matter of where you look. Do you look to God first? And then uh, do you look to be God's hand reaching out to other people? I I really do believe, I believe that in these next days, we're going to see more opportunities to be generous as the body of Jesus Christ. I believe that's going to open doors for us to see people receive the love of God and get saved, amen, because some of their very practical needs have been met. And so what we want you to do, we want to be able to live free in 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 this area. I want to invite everybody to stand with me, if you would please. And our ministry team, those uh, that pray, or prayers, okay, or prayer people, come on down. Come on down, all right? I'll come down here in just a minute with you. But uh, listen, uh, I'm just uh, asking you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, okay? Everybody got big plans for, anybody doing anything special for 4th of July? Anybody cooking, smoking something? How many, you're smoking, Bill, right? You're smoking, we'll just, we'll get together after service, okay, and talk about this, all right? 
Okay, anybody? You know, I meant like food, smoking stuff. You know, that's right. I have to be careful with what Chris said up here earlier. That's right. I took every people on the wrong direction there. I'm just cooking stuff, right? Uh, so. Listen to me. Look in my eyes. God wants you free today. You don't have to leave carrying the burden and the weight and the influence of fear in any area of your life, but specifically over the financial area of your life today. I I believe that. I I believe that. Now, again, I I don't apologize for believing that. I believe we, we, we bring our God's tithe. We, we bring God's tithes, right? And then we give God the offerings. So uh, I believe let's, let's start with being faithful in our tithing, our giving. Let's keep the blessing of God just covering our lives. But then I want God to so flood our lives with blessing that we can pour into the lives of others and minister those needs. Just shut your eyes just for a minute, all right? Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now, if there's anybody that's just dealing with a just an unusual financial pressure or a concern, um, God, over the economy of their lives or the economy of our world. God, today, we don't want them to carry that burden out of here. You don't have to carry a burden out of this place today. You can come and you can bring it to Jesus. And so here's what I want to ask as the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If you've got a concern over a financial issue, Maybe there's some stress, there's some job, maybe it's a job situation or a, just a, maybe there's some, some debt, whatever it is. I want to encourage you, would you come out, just step out and come up here and get prayer today. Let us agree with you that God would just set you on a new course, a new path of financial freedom, having God as our source. Would, would you do that today? Okay. That you could just begin to step into a fresh new place of blessing Okay, are there others? Come on, just come on down and we'll pray for you. All right. All right. Hallelujah. All right, let me just, okay, maybe it's not finances, but let me just ask, is anybody else carrying any type of just a, a pressure, uh, that, a burden on your life today, and you want to experience the freedom of Jesus in your life this morning as you leave? Just lift your hand up right now. Just lift your hand. Amen. And what a great way it would be. Amen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Others? And let me not. Yes. Yes. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I ask you today and you say, I, I'd like to do that. I want this to be my greatest Fourth of July ever by living in the freedom that comes with life in Jesus. Would you just lift your hand? I pray for you this morning. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for what an amazing, incredible, awesome God that you are. We thank you. We rejoice in everything that you have done for us through Jesus. We thank you that our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus, that our lives are made whole by by the body of Jesus. We thank you, God, for the blessing of family and friends. We thank you. And Father, right now, we just uh, say we repent, God, where we have allowed any type of influence or voice to speak into our lives, where we've operated, maybe in our financial area, we've operated out of fear instead of, God, just out of faith and confidence. And so, Lord, right now, 
We take authority over everything that would seek to hinder your people from being your people. We ask God this very minute that just an open heaven, a fresh um, blessing, God, of provision would uh, just begin to flow into the lives of your people. We say open our eyes that we can see that you are God who is God who is more than enough. God, there's nothing too difficult for you. God, your economy rules beyond the economy of this world. And so we thank you. We celebrate the freedom that you give us today as your people to accomplish your purpose in our lives and for your glory right here on planet earth. God, I just love my brothers and sisters, and I I really do, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I want to just pray over them. I want to pray and declare, God, the blessing of your word that says, now to him who is able to keep him from stumbling and to to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who is alone wise, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever and forever. God, I pray blessings on finances, on health. Keep your people safe and may the joy of the Lord be our strength in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise, amen. All right. God bless you. Uh, Walk slow, hug somebody's neck, uh, look into their eyes, let them know you're glad uh, that they're here this morning. Glad you're here this morning. God bless you. God bless you.